Bobby, what's wrong with the car? Uh-oh, I think it's broke. Look, that thing there is all swoped up. We, we got a pair of pliers and a screwdriver. We can find out. I think we should just start poking stuff. Oh, all right. don't do that, folks. Tune into the Grease Gurus. Don't go to the emergency room. Go to the Grease Gurus and learn why your car might have stopped on the side of the road and what not to touch. On Saturday mornings from 10 a.m. on the Tan Talk Radio Network. Ouch, that hurt! Hey listeners, this is Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Let me tell you about my company, Gulfstream Motorsports. 727-541-1741. I have over 35 years experience with classic, vintage, sport, and racing cars. I do appraisals, consulting, and pre-purchase inspections. Before you buy your next rare classic, the car of your dreams, give me a call at Gulfstream Motorsport 727-541-1741. Also, due to my 28 years experience in the auto salvage business, I am very good with wrecks. So if your car has been in a wreck, Call me for a diminished value report. Call me at 727-541-1741. You may be owed some money for lost value of your repaired vehicle. That's Gulfstream Motorsports, 727-541-1741. And be sure to tune in to Nostalgic Radio and Cars, Wednesdays, 7 to 8 p.m. on the Tantalk Radio Network, AM 1340. From the maker of Gone in 60 Seconds, the chase thriller of the 70s, comes the chase thriller of the 80s. Carlin Hollis is the American dream, worth millions, and now someone wants it all. With his life on the line, they're trying to kill him, and he's running out of time. He loves his cars, and he loves his child. He's a millionaire and born too wild. Michael, why do they call him the Dutchman? Before he decided to get into the movie-making business, he was in the auto-junk business, and now he collects stuff. Fans from around the world gather here. Pay tribute to a great American legend, the brilliant star of East of Eden, Giants, and the classic Rebel Without a Cause. Arlen B. Hollis will hereafter be referred to only as the target. Deadly assassins with their aircraft and speeding cars close in for the kill. He did his own stunts in his movies, but this time he's driving for his life. Witness the destruction of over 150 vehicles in some of the most daring airplane car and blip stunts ever filmed. Yeah, the young man drives like a bat out of hell. His dreams come true like a ring and a bell. The bombs and the bullets are coming his way, and his money won't help him get away today. It's time to put the fun back in the theater with entertainment for the entire family. The chase thriller of the 80s. What's the idea of going through a boulevard stop? Look at Satan, where's your operator's license? Why don't you say something? That's enough. Just as I thought. Drunk driving. Give him a ticket. One way or round trip. Make it a one way round trip. What do you want? Hi, this is Rick Harrison from Pawn Stars, and you're listening to Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Okay, listeners, welcome. You're tuned into Nostalgic Radio Cards, and I'm your show host, Robert. Running computers and Google Tantalk1340.com, and you can see us live here in the studios in downtown Clearwater. Don't forget to check out our website, GulfstreamMotorsports.com, where you can find out all about us. And if you've missed any of our 410 past shows over the last eight years, be sure and check out Nostalgic Radio Cards, the archive page. Good evening there, Mr. Vaughn. How are you? Good. How are you gentlemen doing tonight? We actually have a full house here. Uh, I have a couple friends with me. I have uh, Nihad Al-Hassan. Did I pronounce that right? That's right. That's right. Yeah. Okay. So, And then I got my other friend here. He's uh, the Fighting Irish over here. I got Sean Cavanaugh. Hey, Sean. How you hey, doing? Hey, how you doing? Okay. So the, now. The Pittsburgh got, kid. Yeah. And then we got... Uh, Carmen. Carmen. Carmenucci. Carmenucci. That's, uh, that's uh, Sean's son. Of course, he's he has a set of headphones on, but he doesn't have access to a mic, although he can run over here and yeah. speak for his dad. Sure. And uh, by the way... He usually does. He does use... <laughs> Okay, so anyway, so uh, we got an interesting show for you tonight. We got uh, an alumni guest coming back, kind of a well-known guy, so kind of a TV personality, well-known in the collector car world, well-known in the world of antiques and many, many, many other things. Uh, he's also a, a well-respected judge in the classic and antique world as well as a vintage race car driver and a prolific car collector himself. Now, Neod, since you're sitting here and we're doing a live show from downtown Sparkling Clearwater or Sparkling Downtown Clearwater, tell us a little bit about what you do real quick. 
Well, I am currently uh, working with Sankey Realty. I'm a realtor. I list uh, multi-million dollar homes. <clears throat> but I've made my name for myself uh, listing the first home in the area at uh, $4 million in Bitcoin. Bitcoin. Bitcoin, yeah. Oh, we're going to talk about Bitcoin here It was here on the front, front news of the newspaper as well, Tampa Tribune. So. Okay. I have a background in uh, cryptocurrency security uh, and financial, and also uh, used to work in the IT department in Verizon as well. And you're a car fanatic. I am. You're I a love car cars. Fanatic. Trust cars me, too. most of my clients have when, after cars. You, very good. And then after you make your first billion in Bitcoin, we're <laughs> going to find you a really, really nice classic there we go. car. Now, Sean, tell us a little bit about who you are and what you are and where you come from. Well, I'm originally from uh, born in Philadelphia, grew up uh, in Pittsburgh, uh, a little town called Uniontown, Pennsylvania. So some of those people, especially from uh, Syracuse, know that Ernie Davis was the most famous person from my hometown. Uh, he was a Heisman Trophy winner, and he won the national championship for Syracuse. So props out. But we also had General George Marshall from my hometown. But I went to a small school, California, Pennsylvania, and got my MBA. Come down here uh, because of your car show. I mean, you know. <laughs> <laughs> You flew in. 2,000 miles just to sit in That's a nostalgic reason. 1,000 miles, but, you know, okay, hey, let me tell you something. We came down here for the smiles, the sunshine, and the sunsets. I also have my real estate license. I do marketing for a doctor, and uh, uh, Dr. Steve Steller, and uh, great chiropractor, and a uh, uh, good man, and been here for 20 years. But, hey, just what a lovely place, Clearwater, Florida. I mean, the number one beach in America and on the number one talk show. That's right. That's right. Well, actually, number one beach twice now. Yes, right. that's with right. The, with the billion dollar view. With the billion dollar the view. The billion dollar view. It doesn't get any better. It, that's what the guy from Nashville said, Ken. He said, it doesn't get any better than that. 120 Golf Boulevard, 4.1. I also, yes, yeah, so I work with Nihad, and yeah. uh, we, we, uh, we have a lot of fun together. Very good. Now, Carmen, you're over there. You want to jump over here on the mic real quick and tell us what you do? Because you're uh, kind of like an upcoming rocket scientist, aren't you? Uh, something like that. I'm going to uh, Penn State for my mechanical engineering degree. We're required to take um, several advanced physics courses. Now, am I going to work for NASA? Probably not, but it's possible. Maybe Tesla. Maybe Tesla. You could be in SpaceX. What? SpaceX. They have, they have the mole, you know. That's Tesla. right. That's right. Yep. That's right. Yep. So. Well, cool. We wish you the best of luck. You're young. You got a lot of energy. Might be joining the military. No, 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 no. no, no. Well, he, he we'll, might be. Okay. Well, <laughs> another time. Another time. Yeah. <laughs> I tell you what, Rob. Once I make my engineering money, I'm buying a classic Chevy Corvette. Good for you. All Speaking right. of Chevrolets, now, uh, Sean, you had a Chevrolet once. Yeah, my, my, my first car. My first car. I was very proud. I tell my son. Uh, I was uh, 15 years old, yeah. and I bought my car when I was 15. Well, you know you're not allowed to drive your car until you're 16. Uh, so, uh, but I bought a 72 Nova, and uh, somebody went, they're like, man, they bought that car, and it's was Sean Cavanaugh's car and all this stuff. But anyways, it was cool, 72 Nova, and, uh, you know, you always remember your first car and your first a lot of things, right? That's pretty much it, right. Okay, so now, all right, so what we're going to do here in a little bit, we're going to have a guest come on in a bit, and we're going to be talking about a number of different things. But in the meantime, I'm going to let everybody know what we just did this past weekend. And past weekend, well, we were here, Clearwater. But at any rate, we had a great weekend, didn't we? A little bit of rain, nice sunshine, yeah. nice and cool, breezy a little bit, you know, there for a while. Now it's gotten hot and humid again. But anyway, so last week we were in Orlando, and we were at the National Independent Automobile Dealers Association Convention. And they merged with uh, the National Alliance of Buy Here, Pay Here car dealers. So now we got this giant uh, assembly of, of car dealers. And... So I was uh, kind of like not quite sure what to expect because that's the first time I've ever been to one of those conventions. You know, this is kind of like this was like purely business. Okay, normally I go to automotive conventions, car shows, and stuff like that, and it's kind of like a mixture of entertainment and and uh, you know hanging out with who's who and and checking out cars and talking about classic and antique cars and stuff like that. But this knocks it up a bit. This is like professional. This is for dealers. This was dealers only. It wasn't. Uh, it's all independent dealers, and there's forty thousand independent car dealers in the country. Wow, and uh, that's the ones that are kind of relatively accounted for. They kind of jump up and speak up. Now, the membership for the National Association, National Independent Automobile Dealers Association, I think is somewhere like around maybe mm, four or five thousand, something like that. But the thing that I took away from it because I sat in a number of uh, seminars while I was there, so I learned quite a bit. There was seminars on dealer practices. There were seminars on finance. There were seminars on, on marketing. And uh, and then just a lot of, uh, you know, hanging out and get together and just networking, particularly in the conference rooms. Or not in the conference room, but in the uh, convention hall. And there's a lot of vendors out there. And we had something like 250 vendors. And I think there was, oh, I don't know, maybe... 2,500 people or so that showed up there, which that's a pretty good crowd for a small for a small venue. And it was held at the Rosen Shingle Hotel in uh, Orlando, and I was quite impressed with that. 
In fact, the opening night, our uh, our uh, entertainment for the evening was big and rich. Wow. So if you're into country music, that's that's pretty big right that's there, big. you know. Yeah. And they did an excellent, excellent job. So, but at any rate, yeah, yeah, that's it, man. I tell you what, country stuff was good. And then of course, the last night they had the uh, well on, on Wednesday night and Thursday night they had the awards presentation, and on on Thursday they had the uh, national dealers awards. So in other words, the the most um, and let me put it to you like this: it, the, the guy didn't get the award just for being a good car dealer. It was it was kind of like, what did he do for the community? It, was, it involved quite a bit. It's kind of like in school, you know, Carmen. In school, Carmen. Remember, you're in the car business. Car. He's man. a man. Car, he's a car, car man. man. There you go. Yeah. Never forget it again. I got it. I got it. Okay. <laughs> right. So, right, Vaughn. Carmen. So what happens in school? And I know my son with it. They don't only really look at you as a student. That you know you get good grades and your academic. They want to know what you do outside of the school. So in other words, what your other activities are, extracurriculars, all that. Exactly, yeah. all the positive things that you do. You know whether you work for charities, whether you help out with kids in school. Sports you're a soccer teams, guy, sports. Yeah. yeah. So you're you know, and your dad's been with you a couple of times. He's helped coach and a few things like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that's kind of the way it was here with the dealer thing. You know, the dealers. It wasn't just the fact that they sold 50 cars or 100 cars. In fact, the guy that won the award comes from a small town in Alabama of about 15,000 people, and he's got 12,000 people to follow him on his Facebook wow. and they're all local and he does a lot of charity stuff he gives cars away you know he helps out the, you know the needy and and and, and does and a the lot food for bank. the community yeah. right Rob and and that that speaks volumes okay and I cannot overemphasize that that's in any organization people that actually go out of their way and think of the other people for a change especially and you hear this a lot well you know I've been very successful I've been very blessed now it gives me an opportunity to, to give back Someday I hope to be in that position. And, of course, if I hang out you with Dehan yeah. and he makes me a bit-carrying billionaire, then we're going to both uh, do a lot for for, we'll for, for charities and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah, but right if you get, I think in general, if you if you give, you get. If you care about people and people realize that, they're going to give you they're going to give you your business. They'll Absolutely. open up your open up their purse for you if you give them good customer service. Legendary customer service. Legendary yeah. customer service. That's right. <laughs> So at any rate, so that that's very very important, and uh, you know it's it's like it's 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 building relationships, right? Absolutely, building right. relationships, and then and, and you know and talking to people, and don't be afraid to call them up, and I th- you know like, hey, go talk to them up there in Minnesota. You were saying the one mm-hmm. guy's from, yeah. The guy you met, you're sitting down at a table. You sit yeah, there. it's it's funny because you go to these conventions and sometimes you know you don't know you want. It's kind of fun to hang out with your buds and sit at the same table. But a lot of times you want to meet new people, so you just randomly go any, meeny, money, mo. I'm gonna sit at that table over there, and you never know who you're sitting next to. And it could be the guy that could be the most beneficial person in your life, get a life changing introduction, or it could be someone that's just like, hey, he's just a nice guy. Oh, you, know? you never know. Like the richest man in the country, he used to pull up in his red pickup truck in front of every store, you know, Walmart, and uh, Sam Sam Walton had that. I think it was a Ford pickup Ford truck. Ford truck, 79. Ford you know, truck. and you know, I mean, here he is one of the richest men in America, maybe the top, back then the third. Now the family's the wealthiest in the country, but I mean, he would show up to every, in his old pickup truck. You never know. I mean, some people don't care. No. They have that, that was his first pickup truck and that and, was his and, baby. In fact, Hot Wheels actually made a little commemorative uh, toy, 143rd die cast toy, yeah. and I actually have one. Sam Walton's first truck, because I'm a Ford guy anyway, so I had to have the F. 154 truck. So, yeah. hey, we got something awesome. on the turntable there, and then we're going to go to a commercial break, and then we're going to get our guests on the line. So, hey, don't touch that dial. Come right back and follow us on Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Here's a little uh, the Venturi's Hawaii Five O TV theme song. This is for you, Nihad. <laughs>
Hey listeners, this is Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars. We all love to eat. Well, I would like to tell you about my friends at the Rib Shack Barbecue on West Bay Drive in downtown Largo. Their menu offers family-sized takeout dinners like delicious ribs, chicken, beef, and pork, or sit-down barbecue dinners, sandwiches, and even desserts. They will also cater your party. Everything is barbecued fresh using real oak for that great smoky flavor. So visit my friends, Corey, Jed, and Kurt, at the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, 600 West Bay Drive, or call them for a takeout order at 727-501-9090. That's 727-501-9090. They truly have the best smoking barbecue in town. Oh, and be sure and check out their great barbecue sauce. That's the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, 727-501-9090. I'm telling Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars sent you. Looking for car shows? Then look no further than FLACarshows.com. On your computer or on your mobile device, FLACarshows.com is a comprehensive list of automotive events plus videos and news articles. Whether you're looking for car shows, cruise-ins, meetups, automotive festivals, cars and coffees, or anything else relating to an internal combustion engine, then this is a site for you. Check it out online or on your phone at FLACarshows.com.
and more with the new stars of the 80s telling the story of the 60s. More American graffiti. And watch out, Joe Wolfbang will be there too. <laughs> This is Bill Warner of the Amelia Island Concord Delegates, and you are listening to Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Okay, we're back, and you tuned into Nostalgic Radio and Cars, and yes, you know what? That is my uh, special good friend, Bill Warner, the founder of the Amelia Island Concourse. Just an amazing guy, probably the smartest, without a doubt, next to Jay Leno, or equivalent to Jay Leno, probably the smartest guy in the car world. I mean, just unbelievable. Anyway, hey, ladies and gentlemen, you tuned into Nostalgic Radio and Cars. It's time to introduce our next special guest. Matter of fact, he's a good friend of mine, and uh, I have the utmost respect for this guy. He's a serious car collector. He's an antique collector, a race car driver, been on TV, been all over the world, world traveler. I'm delighted to welcome to the show this evening, my good friend, Lee Kino. Lee, how you doing, buddy? Robert, fine. How are you, man? That's quite an introduction. I don't believe, I don't deserve that. Of course you do. Of course you do. Of course you do. You're just, uh, like, you're just the epitome of celebrities out there in the car world. Far from that. Far from that. But I... But I will agree with you about uh, Bill Warner. <clears throat> I think he's one of the great uh, guys. And uh, you mentioned he's right up there with uh, Jay Leno. Uh, not, not quite as funny, I'll tell you. But <laughs> he's, a <good> guy. <laughs> Very good. he's a really good guy and uh, so knowledgeable. I, I, I had the honor of judging <clears throat> judging at Amelia and uh, so much enjoyed it. And uh, it was, it, I mean, you've, you've, uh, that's when I, where I met you the first time, right? I think it was. Yeah, that was about four or five years ago. We met at uh, Amelia Island. Yeah, you I, I, my, my twin brother and I, Leslie, were there, and we remember agreeing with each other that we had just met the most knowledgeable guy about Porsches in the world. And uh, yeah, you're so humble, but you know, uh, you, you know more than you know. Ten Porsche guys put together. I mean that. I mean, you're you're just you're just the taps. Well, I appreciate that, but uh, you know what? I I actually have to tell you that Bill Warner probably knows way more about Porsches than I do. In fact, he owns his original 1971 911, and the and and Bill's been around since the 60s. You know, he covered photography for oh, yeah. uh, all the uh, you know some of the popular magazines. Was all the races. You know, he's from Florida, so he went to Daytona, went to Sebring, oh, went yeah. to Atlanta. I mean, he he is just. Uh, I can't say enough good stuff about him. He really is, and he's been very very instrumental in helping me. Um, meet some very interesting people over the years, but but He's great. But let's talk about you. So where have you been and what have you been up to? I know you travel around the world. In fact, you know, talking about concourse, do you ever get a chance to go to some of the concourse over in Europe, like in Italy, like the what's the, what's the one in in, in uh, on Lake Lugano? Uh, I, I never, I've never made that one, but oh, really? I, but I've uh, I, I plan to. I plan to. to, to I, I think the one of my I kind of my my father uh, once. Owned uh, Mussolini's Alfa Romeo. It was a Superleggera six-cylinder car that he paid three hundred fifty dollars for, and it was uh, ended up as we were loading it. We were about fourteen, helping him load it onto the trailer um, near the Finger Lakes. The uh, the uh, the guy selling it to him for three hundred fifty bucks said, um, oh, "By the way, that 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 the, the story is that, that was uh, Mussolini's car, and." Um, that was after it got sold for three fifty. That wasn't a selling point, you know. It was, uh, so Dad did the research, and it turned out it was uh, Mussolini's car. And uh, long story short, uh, fast forward, uh, oh gosh, uh, almost fifty, forty-five years, and uh, it ended up winning the uh, winning the uh, you know Concord, the, the Concours, the, the the first first place at uh, I can I think it was a Villa Dest uh, Villa Desta, yeah that's the one yeah, in Lugano Desta, uh, uh, first place uh, I'm pretty sure it was there it had and um, it 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 had been transformed you know all restored and uh, and then a guy I know bought it bought it later he called my dad and dad had all had had the had the still had the tools never went with it originally and uh, I mean never got given to the original buyer and all these great pictures of uh, us. Anyway, long story. That's 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 the closest I've gotten to Villa uh, Dest. But I plan to go to many. Have you been over there? Robert? No, no, I haven't had a chance. In fact, I haven't even been able to go to. I haven't made it to uh, Retromobile, which I believe you've been to that one, right? Yeah, I went there once. Yep, just once. Were you there when they sold the huge collection, that rare collection, a couple of years ago? Were you over there for that? In Paris? Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I did go to that with my uh, with my nephew and uh, it, 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 that and my son. That that was that was that was fabulous. They, they, you mean that that great with the Ferrari and the uh, yes, the eighteen million, the eighteen million dollar Ferrari, nineteen sixty two Ferrari two fifty GT Spider, right? That yeah, one. That was just a <laughs> that was drop dead with the magazines piled on top of it in the in the in the barn. The, uh-huh. the, the, those are the best uh, kind of barn find photos that I've ever seen when they when they photographed it before they you know rolled it out of there and uh, that was uh, that was amazing that was that was uh, they had it lit did you I don't know if you saw the pictures or but it was lit so dramatically you know the, the way that the exhibition was lit you really had to bring your own plug-in light to really look at the car to inspect it because they were it was it was like uh, there were spotlights strategically placed around the place. It was kind of spooky, <laughs> in in a good way. It was just like you were you were in the barn, you know. Um, and that was the exhibition that uh, that the the auctioneer had. So it was um, that that was that was one of my favorite cars too. I think that, that car was actually at um, not only I, I'm not sure if it was a Pebble Beach, but I believe that car was a Cavallino it, uh, a couple it, of years ago. I pardon me. It, I think it was a both. Yeah. I saw it at Pebble when I was uh, judging there. I didn't judge it, but it was judged with the Ferraris. Uh, but what a preservation car! No, it was lined up. I remember along the uh, along the water. With the, uh, That's right. It was. I got pictures of it. You're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was, that was great. What a, what a car! What a find! And uh, no, and the, and the great thing is, people like uh, the Tom Cotter are still still finding things. Great, great cars and barns and. Uh, well, yeah, I found the, the the Cobra and then the alloy-bodied uh, 275. Yeah, right, right. Gosh, gosh, amazing. <laughs> Let me ask you a question. Now, when you judge, because you've judged at a number of concourses around the country, what class do you judge, or do you get to pick and choose, or do they just assign you a class because of your expertise? I mean, I'm, I'm, at, at Pebble Beach, I, I'm honored to, um, it'll be the 15th year coming up uh, this, this summer, uh, to judge preservation uh, class. Okay. And uh, so it's. Uh, I was doing. Uh, I've, I've gone back and forth from pre-war to post-war. So it's. Uh, it's. It, it's. I, I love the early cars because they're. I love both, but I. First of all, I love the early cars because they involve often wood and varnish and, and leather, and it's. Uh, it's. A, it's like looking under. A, under underneath the table, a Chippendale table, uh, with a. Uh, you know, leather-covered top. So you're looking at upholstery. You're looking at uh, the threads and the and the, uh, the uh, certainly layers of paint. And 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 today they're they're so good at repainting things and, and touching up things that it's it's okay that it's touched up. But I believe in a touch-up that you can tell where you can tell it's touched up. So um, when, you know, and I believe that cars should be should be black wet. You know, if you're gonna, I. I if you can keep the original, I don't know what you think, Robert, but you know, if you can keep the original paint. I, I believe you should, you should keep it. Uh, it you know, and it, if it if it shows its age, it's okay because, especially if it's one of the last few examples of that car. Of that, if if, it, if there were like you know, 33 made, uh, you know, you want to keep it original. Um, we 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 bought a. On behalf of a private equity fund uh, that I'm the co-manager of, we bought a, a 250 um, a Europa, a Ferrari Europa 1955, uh, and I think they're like 30, 33 in the world. And it's, I, I believe it's the last one, the only one, with its original floor mats, upholstery, paint, you know, dashboard. You open up the trunk of this Ferrari, and we brought it. To to Cavallino, actually, in internet and preservation, and all day long, people came to see the car, and and it ended up winning uh, at Cavallino. This is about what uh, five years ago, I think, about approximately, um, winning the it's it's uh, the the pre nineteen seventy two uh, award for preservation. So, uh, and, and people came in just to open the trunk because you open the trunk and you look inside and it was so airtight that you'd swear that the carpets were new, that the, you know, you know, the, the jack had been used and stuff, but, you know, you just could not believe that, 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 that it, it was 1955. But then 
you if you understand that there was no air in there and it, and, it, and, it, and that it was sealed and even the seals which were original had not really had not really deteriorated there wasn't air getting in there and it's it's oxidation that you know that that uh, that makes something look old it, it's the dirt the dust the, the air and uh, and uh, I, I remember I think Marcel Massimi spent uh, he's a great guy. Uh, right? Of course, your viewers, I'm sure, all know their name, and you probably met him a lot of times. But he uh, he spent he must have spent I don't know like 20 minutes, half an hour uh, chatting with us and looking at the car because it was so just just the, the snaps, the original snaps for the carpet on the floor you know, were so great to look at. So. Well, well, I'm doing I, all the talking. I feel no, like that's, okay. that's, no, that, that's that's the whole idea. Um, <laughs> well, the deal is, it's like I have to agree with you on on preservation and survivor cars. I have, I come from the wrecking yard world. Okay, and since I was a kid and I didn't have a lot of money, the only thing I could afford was a relatively original car. The thing about an original car is it doesn't lie; it's honest. Right. There's a lot to be said for this. Just like you know, you talk about furniture. When you get a certain furniture, you know, you can tell it if it's been refinished or not. But there's a lot to be said for even if it's tattered a bit. It's original. It's got a story. I collect vintage guitars, for example. Right. And one of the things I like is the original patina. You can tell, for example, like there's a car. And a car, there's a driver's car. A furniture, there's a piece of furniture. Even though it's an antique, people use it. If you have a guitar, it's a player's guitar. You know, it's got the sweat. It's got the, it's got the vibe. It's got the feeling. It's got all that stuff that you know that somebody that played it and cared for it and tuned it and might have made minor modifications to it. Period. Correct. Back in the day, things like that. You know, might have changed the bridge. Might have changed the pickups and stuff, and maybe the nut and tuners and stuff. Just so because he wants that certain tone, that certain vibe, that certain feel. Well, it's the same thing with a car. But if you go in there and you disassemble the car and you restore the car or you restore that piece of furniture. It loses that story, it loses that heart, it loses that soul, it loses its originality, and it means nothing. Then it's just a piece of furniture you can go out to any department store and buy. Right. Yeah, that, that's so great. You keep, you, you like them uh, original, just like just like the cars. Yeah, I, I remember seeing a, at Alcart Lake uh, a, uh, a friend of mine, I, I, uh, a very good friend of a good friend of mine who races uh, vintage racing, uh, has a lot of Ferraris. He had Sterling Moss's, I, I, I believe it was a Lotus, an open wheel uh, Lotus that had the, this, this uh, uh, band, these, not, not band-aids, the bandages wrapped around the steering wheel for grip. And, and it was really original. It had been restored, but the steering wheel, the steering column, and all that was original. They'd kept that. And I, and I was thinking, you know, you know Sterling Moss's DNA, it sweat is probably in, 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 you know, soaked into those bandages. I mean, if it, this were a crime site, you know, yeah, <laughs> you know, the, the team, the forensics team, they, they'd have they'd have Sterling Moss's DNA sweat from from grabbing that steering wheel, and and uh, it was. It, and I said, I, of course, the the, the guy's a preservationist who, who owned it, so uh, he wasn't going to touch it anyway. But I said, whatever you do, my gosh, don't let anyone. Anyone take that, replace that uh, that steering wheel, or replace that that those that wrap that 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 tape. And it was kind of ratty looking, but that's that's what gave it character, you know. That that uh, you know to think that you can vintage race the car very carefully, but you know that that Sterling Moss had his hands on, you know, the same the same uh, uh, tape. You know, it's it's great. It's. And, and and when you race when you race that when you race uh, speaking of tape and you know, I, I it's, it's like erasing the tape recording of a piece of, uh, of a car's life when you over restore it and take away every speck of that history. I mean a, a 917 Porsche. I mean when you go down to um, to the Revs Institute right in, in Florida, uh, the great it's a great place, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, or um, uh, the, Miles Co- got, the Miles Collier can be, can Miles Museum. Collier, mm-hmm. Collier's Plate Museum. I, I mean, he's such a great preservationist, and, and, and I'm honored to judge, you know, with him among among. He's on the judging team there every year. He, he has cars that were just driven off right off the basically off the track and haven't been driven since they raced at Le Mans, and uh, you know some some 917s and and every you know the the, the chips. The paint that are missing from from going down the Mulzane Strait, and uh, you know from the from the stones hitting hitting the the bottom of the of, of the nose, uh, it's just amazing to, to 
to see that. It brings it brings it home. You know, that's, that's always been the age-old debate here in the last couple of years is guys like you and I that are diehard, and Miles, you know, diehard preservationists. You know, we like to keep the cars original. So what do you do when you got a guy that's got, let's just say, lack of a better cliche, more money than brains, goes out and buys a vintage race car, goes out there and runs it. Now, it's great that the guy's out there on the track and racing the car. But like, you know, in John Morton's case, you know, he got plowed in the side of one of in driving one of three scarabs at Monterey a couple of years ago. Well, that car is no longer original now. I mean, they had to completely rebody that car, yeah. and so it just lost its value in my mind. Okay, as from an appraiser standpoint. So, give me your take on that. I mean, how do you feel about it? Same way or a little it, differently? It, no, and John Wallen's. Uh, I've had the honor of because um, I have a mutual friend who's a. Uh, we, uh, we have a. I have a, I have a really good good client and friend who's a friend of. Mr. Walms and so we used to go out to uh, Arizona to Bondurant's track every year for about four days and race. And 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 I'll tell you, he's as many people know and, and will tell you, he's a very very good driver and uh, he's really really serious and uh, about his driving. And and um, I didn't I wasn't there to see that accident, but you know the the thing about uh, thing about him is he 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 is careful about the car, but he drives. He's a great driver. He is. He's a cautious driver, and uh, and uh, I was, but I was distressed to hear about that that accident, you know, and um, you know, and and it, 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 it and I'm not sure those circumstances. I didn't probably know that what happened, but that doesn't matter. What what it, it is, but it is sad. It's like they're out there racing the GTOs, but um, John Shirley races a GTO. He's a great guy, a generous guy. He's, but he. And for safety purposes, and he, he can afford it. Uh, he, 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 the original engine's on a shelf, and he, he's had a replacement engine made to, to race. So that, you know, could you, when you crack the block of a GTO, a Ferrari GTO, you know, it's, uh, it's not like you can um, just say, I'll, I, I'll, I'll get another one, you know. So, you know yeah, to a so, tune of a million dollars, you know, just yeah. for the engine. Yeah, but. right. So, um, <laughs> so, so he's, that's, but you have to be able to afford that. But um, I guess if you can afford a GTO, you can afford to. to <laughs> That's true. Considering that, uh, what's his name, McNeil just paid what seventy million for uh, that uh, for our GTO, the one over in uh, England. Yeah, that, wow. that's what I that's what I heard. That's uh, yep. Speaking it of makes what, the Bonhams one look like a good buy, right? Yeah, thirty six million. Now, right. speaking of which, uh, since you're kind of like hanging out the New York, New England area. Is it Patricia McNeil, the lady that has the right-hand drive Ferrari GTO that she vintage races? And that's a fairly original car, along with a 904 Porsche. Yeah, it, uh, it, uh, yes, she's a great, she sure is a great a great driver. I I've, uh, I, I remember I keep going back to Elkhart Lake, but I've seen her at Lime Rock and at Elkhart Lake. Uh, we had the same um, mechanic taking care of our, um, our cars. I think, uh, I think it was Butch, uh, Butch Dennis. I think Bush, Butch Tennyson. That uh, I think John Shirley also uh, uh, used the Butch, and he took care of when I raced my the uh, five twelve uh, BBOM uh, uh, car that I sold to Todd Marici. Uh, uh, she was there, and she she she's so serious that she she I saw her in a lotus position, praying, kind of in a you know not a meditation <laughs> position before the race. And um, you know, but I guess I I do that too if I was going out there with a GTO to to to, to four wheel drift, you know. So <laughs> my corners are, uh, and uh, she's a really good driver. With, with both the, the both, like you say, the uh, both cars, the uh, she the the Cobra and the uh, GTO. And uh, I've been out to their their place and, and and had dinner with them. They're the nicest people. I mean, they she. Uh, when I see night, she walked, you know, we had dinner, this is like five five years ago or six years ago, and she, like, jumps out of the car, walks me over to the train to make sure I don't slip on the ice, and, you know, and and uh, we're about the same age. She might be a little bit older than me, but, you know, she's so, she's like a 26-year-old, you know. She's like, I'm, I'm like, Sandra, I'm okay, you know. I can, I can make it to the train. It was slippery, you know. But that's the kind of person she is. She thinks of uh, other people. And Jim... Jim, it, it, it's a great situation because you know she's it's it's a switch, right? It's like he takes care of the car, he makes sure that it's you know, polished and looks nice, and 
make he knows the engine and everything, and she she races it, and uh, and that thing's they've had that for you know since, since the time they were cheap, right? Well, she the story that Jim told me was that he used to watch the uh, GTO being raced in the early '60s, and then when that car came for sale in like '67, '66, '67, '68, they bought the car then, so that's how long they had. So technically, they're the original owner of that GTO mm. since it was a race car. So Maybe. that's that's pretty rare. That's pretty. Uh, that's that's a that's a very distinguishing. Uh, um, what's the word I'm looking for? That's, that's uh, unique. Yeah. Let me ask you a question here. Um, let's talk about some of the stuff that you're involved with. Now we were talking a little bit earlier. We got into the subject about you know auctions and we were messing around with. Uh, we were talking a little bit about cryptocurrency. Now I have a friend of mine, Nihad Alassan. He was he's sitting here with me, and I got another friend of mine, Hello. Sean Cavanaugh. Now Sean, I'm, is so, like, I'm so sorry. I wouldn't have hogged all the all the air time. No, no, no. We, we, got, we, got, we, we I, and listen. That's part of my job as a moderator, as a color, is to kind of make sure we bring everybody in. We got plenty of time. We're good. I'm We're good. sorry, no, no, no. Nihad. I thought I didn't want. I, I didn't want to say where's Nihad. So I, <laughs> don't be sorry. Did you say your father's name was Carmine? Uh, I'm sorry? Did you say your father's name was Carmine? No, his name's uh, Ronald, my oh, dad. Oh, I heard you saying somebody's name Carmine. But, uh, but, I, but I, that, that, that sounds like a, I'd like it to be Carmine because then he'd be, he'd be a mafia boss. <laughs> you know, well, come well, on, my, Carmine. Hey, watch watch yourself. Back. My son's here, Carmen Ooch. Carmen Ooch, <laughs> right, right. Carmen Ooch. Yeah. yeah, that was my friend Sean Cavanaugh. Sean's hanging in there with us a little bit. You know, he's an old car guy kind of like. And, Pittsburgh. Uh, He's from, and he's from Pittsburgh. He's from up you know, not too far. Go from Steelers. Go Steelers. There you go. <laughs> so, well, Nia, ne- ne- that's fascinating. The cryptocurrency, and you're one of the first guys to really do it with the major piece of real estate to use cryptocurrency, right? Correct. In this area, uh, I took. I'd love to hear about that. Uh, well, I, I wanted to uh, market this property. You know, it's not selling, and it's been sitting for a little bit. So, right. uh, I used. Uh, I think the trust came into play. Is that my my. Yeah, my internet background, working for Verizon for over a decade, understanding the technology, and second, working with J.P. Morgan Chase right. uh, in the financial payment processing, having those combination just in the right time at the right place. I guess uh, he had faith that I can uh, get this uh, converted in from Bitcoin into dollars for him. I have a, there is a bank that can convert up to $5 million a day. Uh, from wow. And what's interesting today. about it, uh, the Tampa Bay Times uh, did a cover story, and uh, the reporter came out and interviewed, uh, this is Sean, but uh, interviewed Nihad and uh, myself, and Nihad uh, talked to her about it, and it was on the, above the crease on the Tampa Bay Times. So that was pretty exciting to have 120 Golf Boulevard on the cover of the Tampa Bay Times talking, yeah. about, talking about cryptocurrency and, you know, just a possibility, a new way of doing business. So, hey, you know, we'll take it in gold or silver or it's it's classic no, cars. It, it, yeah, it's no different than converting euros or pounds to dollars. It's the same same concept. It's just as long as you can convert it to dollars, it it can be done. It's not a big deal. And the banks here are regulated by the United States government. So, well, that, now I saw I, I saw that online the uh, the cover uh, there the Bitcoin home is first in Florida, right? Yes, correct. exactly. Right inside, right? That's, that was. That's fairly uh, recent too, right? That's Correct. Yeah, about two weeks ago. Yeah, yeah a couple yeah. Of weeks. That's yeah, yeah. We were just funny. We were just fortunate. Uh, we we're joking that I said, you know, and you had the best place to get. You know, you can't buy above the crease. No. And so that was pretty exciting. So usually, thank you to the Tampa Bay Times usually reporter. Tells, yeah, usually it's held for uh, criminals on the uh, above the crease. <laughs> <laughs> but luckily, I'm not that at this time. <laughs> right, right. Hi, can you explain to a novice like myself, like how mm-hmm. how that works? I mean, because I think people would love to understand it. Because like I'm, I'm not the Minkovas twins, but you know, no. one of them, I'm a twin, but not not as smart as they are, but <laughs> and not a billionaire, but. I mean, because I I only say that because they were the early investors, I guess, in that or correct, yeah. yeah. Well, it, it comes down to simple trust in the network. You know, it, like anything else, Facebook, Google, anything that's digitally has no value in theory, unless uh, Google doesn't have a value, Facebook does not have any value. But the value comes in the usership, um, as in Metcalf's law. Uh, one cell phone by itself is useless. One fax machine is useless. But when you have millions of people on this network, it adds value. And that value uh, converts into uh, basically money in, in wise. It, and it's no different than gold or uh, U.S. currency. It, this allows you to move money from one person to another without a third party. 
and what it's allowing to, if you take, uh, basically there's 21 million coins that can be mined on a mining, and they cannot exceed it, and it's going to take up until 2140 to complete the mining. Uh, so there's only so many coins are being issued per day. Uh, what what's the the factor is this: if you can be able to, you know, it's very difficult to move money overseas, uh, and some banks are not in every country, and some countries are under underdeveloped. If I'm able to send one dollar or a million dollars anywhere in the world within ten minutes, twenty four hours a day, seven days a week, that's power uh, mm-hmm. for a minimal fee. Instantly. What's one Bitcoin worth, man? Uh, right I now? think it's uh, six thousand three hundred right now. For six thousand seventy-six yep. and forty-eight cents. Yep. And that goes up and down just like gold Correct. does, or anything else. Well, it was. It, it's a new technology. At this time, uh, Bitcoin is like it back in the eighties. If you invested in the internet in the eighties, this is the time. It's still. It's still a new development. A uh, Bitcoin just in two thousand nine was less than half a penny. So right. it's dramatically increased. And that's why the, the that, that's why people had had huge share a lot lots of Bitcoin they're worth a lot of money. Yeah, it went up to yeah. twenty almost 19,000, Yeah, in December, I think a lot of retail market got into it. Uh, I think it's going to stabilize once regulations go through. I think it's going to uh, explode. People will be able to um, put in their four hundred one ks or retirement. But majority of the purchases are happening in Southeast Asia. The U.S. is very small percentages, mostly in China and Asia. And here's a good example where Bitcoin comes into place that solves a problem that fiat currency doesn't. In Brazil, if you move money in and out of Brazil, it's almost a 60 to 70% tax that they charge, the government does, just to wow. move money in. And so, And if you buy an iPhone from Brazil, there's a 60% tax. So people buy Bitcoin buy their iPhone and ship it to them, and they avoid the tax completely. And that's okay now. That's legal, of course. They haven't regulated it so at this point. Right. And anyways, it can be anonymous, so they won't even be able to find them at that point if it's handled. Right. Uh, look, at, look at what happened in Greece. The people of Greece would trust Bitcoin more than what they did, what happened. They took uh, half their savings from their account. Right. Did. Look at Venezuela. The Venezuelan currency is so inflated that the Venezuelans are buying Bitcoin using it to buy a gift card from Amazon, buying food from Amazon, shipping it to Colombia and sending it there. And the reason why I know this is because my wife is from Venezuela. So I well, have a little bit of insight. I, I, I hope she's okay. I'm sorry. to. Yeah. I have, I have a, a Ferrari guy, a friend uh, whose family there. And yeah. she, the mother won't leave. She loves it. Yep. And if you're in that country, would you rather take their, their currency or Bitcoin at that time? Oh, so. No question. Exactly. So we're, the problem is this country is... Um, we have all the financial needs in this country. This is serving the countries that are underdeveloped. Uh, I think Chase may be serving maybe 30 or 35 countries. There's almost over 200 countries that have no financial institutions. So it's just a lot of possibilities worldwide. So, so, so may I ask, if someone has, let's say someone has 100000 and they want to put it into Bitcoin, how do they do that? Well, you just so you know, it is a gamble. It's a risk. It's a lottery ticket. I always advise everybody. Mm-hmm. So you put it and you forget about it. Uh, there's multiple exchanges, like uh, Coinbase mm-hmm. uh, is probably the safest one. They're out of San Francisco. They're regulated by the United States government. Uh, the Winkovoss Twins has their exchange, too, as well, um, that they're developing. Okay. And but I think Coinbase is the largest one uh, exchange on the market. And I'll give you a good example. They manage probably three or four currencies right now, and they're going to surpass um, one of the largest brokerages in profits. They've done a billion dollars in profits, and I think the largest bro- profit in one of the largest uh, brokerages did six billion or four billion. Wow. And, and they've only managing four currencies. They're managing worldwide currencies, and they're catching up so they're coming into the marketplace too as well so how did how do, they, how do you think we can bring this into the car world <laughs> i have some ideas i don't know if you want me to say share them on the radio no 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 that's going to be our trade secret so yeah, because but, there but. is there is some techniques that you could do to implement this i have a lot of uh, friends that are in this as well um there's a lot of things i don't know if you want me to discuss it and i can well we could, we could save that topic for off the air but basically okay. Lee, if you think about this, look at the market that this opens up now. For example, you've got, you know, a lot of people travel to Monterey, travel to Connecticut, travel to uh, Detroit or someplace like that or Scottsdale, and they buy cars and they carry currency or they transfer it through normal, you know, bankster channels, so to speak, you know, to, to, to I'll give you a good example. But if you have, 
there's a lot of people like like uh, Nia was talking about that are in third world countries that are very affluent, but they're affluent via other means, but yet they have access to Bitcoin. So they might want to make these purchases, these acquisitions, and this gives them a way to to facilitate that, still remain remain anonymous, but it's legitimate. You see what I'm saying? See, so what it does is it just kind of increases your marketability. You know, when you're selling your because nowadays mostly auctions, even though we're they're static auctions and they're done right there in, in, in an auction house, for example, all the bidding is still done online, or not not all of it, but a lot of bidding. You know, there's bidders that come on. There's online bidders, so it, it the, the possibilities are endless. But go ahead, Nihad. I'll tell you one thing. We got two minutes or one minute, one minute and a half yet. I think the this is the first time in history a payment system and the fiat currency is in one. Basically, before, there's fiat currency, it's a U.S. dollar, and the payment system would be Chase or Bank of America. This is all in one, in one system. So basically, it's digital money. You're sending ownership of that product from one person to another. It's not like an email. You're duplicating the email. You have a copy of it. When you send Bitcoin, you're sending ownership of that code from one person to another, and that's what makes it so valuable. That's, that's so cool. Yeah. Well, well, we'll have to talk uh, we later about uh, how we can uh, – more about this. I guess you can – you know, I'll um, I'll give you a dollar if you tell me that you're all all your secrets. Okay. <laughs> well, uh, hey, deal. Tell, make sure you say hello to Leslie for me, please. No, I will. Hey. I will. I will. Yeah, very uh, kind, gentlemen. Yeah. Right. I will. It's a pleasure. I look forward to, to meeting you. You too. You too. All right, well, Lee. I want to thank you very much for taking a few minutes and hanging out with us here at Nostalgic Radio and Cars, Sean. Carmen. Nice to meet you over the radio. Nihad, Vaughn, nice everybody. To meet you. Yes, and very much. Thank you. Bye, and uh, so in the meantime, hey, I want to thank all my listeners. Lee, you take care. I'll be in touch with you, okay? Take care. Thanks for having me. Thank you. You got that wonderful voice, Lee. I mean, wonderful. <laughs> Appreciate that. Thank you. you all right. You too. Okay, bye. Right. Anyway, I want to thank all my listeners for tuning in to Nostalgia Radio and Cars. Don't forget, every Tuesday night here on the Tantalk Radio Network between 7 and 8 p.m. for the most fascinating legendary names in motorsports and Bitcoin. Don't forget to- <laughs> So check us out. Check out our website, GolfstreamMotorsports.com. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Twitter. I think we got an Instagram account. Have a good day. I want to see you guys at the car shows. In the meantime, everybody stay safe, drive carefully, and love your family. Downtown Dave. I'm not here to make a record, you dumb cracker. They broadcast me out on the radio. WTAN, Clearwater. FM 106.1. WCF, Dade City, Tampa Bay. WZHR, Zephyr Hills. FM 104.3. Listen.